have to walk into buildings where there's protesters calling me an abomination and then I'm going right. to hell. Like, yeah. so I have a high threshold for it. Sure. So, sure. You know, I, I'm not saying that it's going to be without negative comments. People, people are, you're going to have a percentage of people in the world that we live in who comment negatively on what you're doing. You know, but if you feel as a as a company, as a person that you want to speak out, mm -hmm. then you have to be ready for that and be honest that it's going to come because and if you're not ready and you're going to buckle and try to speak to that small percentage of people who disagree with you, like if you're going to try to convince them, no. then that's not that's not your your crowd. Right. That's not right. your audience. Right. And there's probably a much larger what, like I'm making it up, 70%, 60% who do agree with you on your stance, whatever that might be. And so I think we get so involved in worrying about those people who just are never going to be with you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Lacey and Sean here. Um, different studio, different look today. Same program. You're going to love it if you're watching on video. Yeah, just a little bit of a different look, different microphone. So if you're audio lighting, file, you know, you're probably like, hey, stuff. what's up with the sound? But it's the same great content. And actually, I'm pumped for today's episode because... Um, this is kind of stuff that I love to talk about. I, I love, I love like talking about how we handle crisis. I love talking about how we handle chaos. I love talking about opportunities that emerge as a result of things that are going on. Oftentimes it's easy to focus on like, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart. And who hasn't been there? If you're in business, there's been a time when you're like, that's it. Um, it's over. We're going to pack it up. We're done. Um, but I got to tell you, inside those moments, always there's opportunity for advancement, there's opportunity for growth, and there's opportunity to take control of a narrative and tell your story, a story that could benefit tons of people. Today, our guest is Anthony Hayes of the Hayes Initiative, expert in all of those things. Anthony, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Let's just kick this right off um, because um, you have, well, let me just tell you because we did some brief beforehand, but one of the things that Lacey and I have learned, as I know for a fact that you know, is that you go on all these podcasts and, and you say all the same things because we say, where are you from? And um, <laughs> you, we read your bio, and we tell all of your extensive background. All of that is going to come out in our conversation. Um, I want to jump right in and then I'll ask you why you are an expert in this. But like you were talking to us uh, pre-show about opportunity and that, look, we're in a pandemic. Um, we just had an election. Um, economy might not be where some people want it to be. Um, all kinds of things are going on. It is super easy for somebody to really fall into this, oh, things are just you know falling apart. But you say that there's opportunity all around us. And I agree with you, but I also know that there's tons of people that are like, 
where, Anthony, where's the opportunity? Tell us about that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's a good question. And I think I think the thing I always want to like make sure whenever I say that is I don't want to sound flip about it in the sense that I'm not saying it's not going to be hard work or I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult. Um, but I think I like to try to approach everything as you know, look, this is happening right now, whether I like it or not. So the question is, is how can I respond to it or how can my business respond to it? Um, and I think given that opportunity, um, you get to decide, you know, do you want to engage with this chaos in some way? Or is this, you know, is now maybe a time to sit it out, right? Like it's okay sometimes if you want to make the decision to pause something uh, for the right sort of strategic timing to launch something. But I do think, you know, all too often you hear about people saying, God, I just wish I had started sooner. I just wish I had started that sooner. Um, whether that's the diet, whether that's the business, whether that's you name the thing. And I think, you know, that's why they say starting is always the hardest part. And so I think when you're in the middle of what we've experienced, and I think, you know, we're certainly in the United States of America, it's a very feels very divided. Everything you read feels very frustrated. And regardless of what side of the political spectrum you fall on, I think it's just sort of, it would be very easy to just be frustrated all the time. And I think that, you know, what I've noticed throughout the pandemic is that, you know, the people that sort of, you know, keep getting up, keep, keep, keep pressing on and keep trying to start have seen traction. It may not be exactly what they thought it would be, or, you know, maybe they failed faster than they would have failed, but that means they can start the next thing. You know, starting doesn't mean you're going to succeed and it's going to become all the things you wanted, but it does mean that you're starting and then you're going to get more input and then you're going to either, you know, shift things around, change things around, or again, you know, sometimes failing fast, you know, which is an overused analogy is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I can't tell you how many people that we work with or that we coach that say, if I had only just done this five years ago, like, where would I be now? And one of the one of the um, things that we live by is done is better than perfect. I'm an, uh, I used to be a perfectionist Absolutely. trying to overcome that. And sometimes you just got to get out there and do right. Just get out totally. there and start. And so I, I love that philosophy. And so I got to ask, because what's coming up for me is, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, maybe are having difficulty, you know, navigating this particular crisis. And it is sometimes for some people, it can be paralyzing, it can be limiting. Um, and they're wondering, Anthony, you know, how, how can I listen to you? So I want to know what is like the biggest crisis that you've navigated, maybe in your career and the work that you do? What did you learn from it that you could share for people as they're going through this? Yeah, it's a good question. I love that I had a panic attack when you said the biggest crisis I've managed. I saw your eyes. We're just going <laughs> deep today. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> podcast over, podcast over. Um, no, uh, I, you know, I think that the thing I've learned in crisis, in particular sustained crisis, right? Because that's what we're in. We're in a sustained long-term crisis. And that's particularly difficult because leaders like to lead with, you know, confidence, right? And we're not really confident because it's mm -hmm. a dynamic 
pandemic in the sense that the virus is doing what viruses do and it's shifting and changing. And just when we thought, you know, we were heading in one direction, you know, it was Delta, then going back to school and, you know, some places have mass mandates, some don't, you know, all these different things. So it's being, you know, you're in a sustained crisis that is dynamic. And so as a leader, it's very hard to just come out and say, by this time, we're doing that. And that's really complicated. And whether it's customers, people, constituents, if you're an elected official, however it is, people want to hear, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to solve the problem. And, you know, sometimes I think what we've noticed through COVID, and I think probably a really big lesson for everybody is, is that, you know, it's not always, it's not always going to be a super clear picture. And for sort of perfectionist type A people, like I probably we are, I think it probably is a good lesson and sort of take a breath, let's see where we are tomorrow, and we can pick this back up. But the biggest lesson out of crisis is, you know, you have to keep your head about you. You know, there's going to be a ton of, you know, and especially depending on the kind of crisis, early crisis when it that involves media. Um, a lot of the early media stories are are dead wrong. Um, it's it takes a while for all the information to flow in, and it's hard to sort of hold your nerve while you're managing that or in that. But you do have to hold your nerve and you really do have to sort of think about the end goal. Um, and I think that crisis gives everybody an opportunity, again, um, to state their mission, state their vision. Who are they? It gives you a chance to share your values with whomever you're trying to serve. Again, whether that's, you know, if you're an elected official, that's the people that you serve. Or if you're, you know, the CEO of a company, it's your customers. So it gives you a chance when you're in the middle of something to remind people why they were with you to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, even it. if you don't have the answer. Right. All right. I got it, Anthony. Anthony Hayes, the Hayes Initiative. Anthony's a very humble guy. He's a very <laughs> humble guy. You had, the, you had the question right there. So I'm going to take it a little bit deeper. So people call you yeah. when they are in crisis. I'm not talking about the hot water heater broke. I'm talking <laughs> about we've got big problems. You are, you're kind of like the wolf on, uh, what is that show where, where they call the wolf, the guy that comes <laughs> to fix, right? It was a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, I did. I've been called a fixer before. A fixer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and you all, you're one, we can already tell very humble Two, You have this calm demeanor. So you get a phone call tonight and it's the next big thing that you're being called on to fix. Walk us through kind of what goes through your mind. Is that, is your personality and this calmness on intentional because that of the things that you've lived through? I mean, and if you want to share some of the crises that you've helped other people navigate, um, again, it's not small potatoes. I, I, that's why I think like, it's easy for me to think, oh my gosh, Lacey, we're having a crisis. And then I, I look at your resume and what you've <laughs> navigated. I'm like, oh, we're not having any crisis. Everything is fine. Yeah. We're um, having blessed chaos. Yes. That's what I call yes. it. That's what I call hey, it. Take so, it, man. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell us what goes through your mind. You get the phone call tonight. It's the next thing. Um, yep. kind of, how do you approach this? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Listen, I have been, uh, you know, fortunate, unfortunate, I'm not sure which either way it's, it's happened. And, I, and I'm really happy about it. And I, I do enjoy um, being in the midst of sort of like trying to fix a big problem that is that feels eminent and, and a ton of pressure. So whether that's working on a presidential campaign like Secretary Hillary Clinton's campaign, or, you know, I managed media and communications for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which manages all the bridges, tunnels, uh, airports, et cetera, in the New York area. It has a $7 billion a year budget, um, its own police force. You know, they also are in charge of the World Trade Center site. 
part of what I did while I was there was help them uh, reintroduce the world to the World Trade Center after the 9-11 attacks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when the call comes, you know, I'm seeing people when they're at their most panicked and they're most fearful. Um, and we certainly live in a world where, you know, I think things that could be an innocent tweet become can become a two day news story, depending on who you are. Um, you know, all of the sudden, you know, your factory isn't working or there's some sort of crisis. So, and it has a habit of, because of how everyone has a phone in their hand, it happens so fast that everyone knows what you personally are experiencing or you, your business is experiencing. And so the main thing is trying to understand who the decision makers are. Um, and if I'm actually talking to the decision maker, or I'm talking to somebody who is calling me because they know they need it um, because they're two different things um, because you know, you're, you may have a communications team that thinks that you need to do something as a CEO, but you as a CEO disagree with your communications team. And so chances are, you know, if I'm not being able to talk directly to the decision makers in the middle of a crisis, it's going to make it very difficult to understand what their priorities are. Like, how mm -hmm. do they view this and what do they view as a success? Um, and also understand if they're going to be willing to do what's required, right? And so some of this could be just as simple as, hey, we have found out that one of our investors, one of our board members has done X. It's not public yet. We're fairly certain it's going to become public. We wanna make it public. Mm -hmm. We wanna control it, we wanna roll it out, and we wanna do this. And so then you come up with a plan to figure that out. You know, those are, those are challenging because you sometimes feel like you have time, then you're nervous. Am I, am I jumping too soon? <laughs> Should we not have announced it? <laughs> what's the right, what's the right cadence? And then there's the ones where it's just sort of full stream and you're in it and that, you know, there's cameras places and, you know, you're going to need to have a press conference. Um, and you have to get your ducks in a row very quickly. I think the thing I noticed most throughout COVID was how many people didn't have either a, a well thought out crisis management plan or even the slightest idea of what one would consist of. And I think whether you're a small company like us or, you know, a major company with thousands of employees, you know, you have to have it and it needs to be a living, breathing thing that you sort of revisit once a year. You know, do you have all the numbers of the people who should get notified when, you know, do you have a chart where you can map out like, does it involve media? No, then do this. Does it do this? No, do that. Does it? Yes. Go over here, right? It sort of gives you, because if you can create that when you're not in crisis, then you're going to be thinking clearly and you're not going to necessarily just in the fog of crisis make mistakes because there's going to be tons of mistakes that get made in, in, a, in a crisis. I remember the call that I most got during the beginning of the pandemic was always oh my gosh, I found out that so-and-so on my team in my office tested positive for COVID. Yeah. What, what do, do I do? <laughs> right? like, should yeah. I, the and same thing. Should I, should I tell people? Should I just remove them? Like what, how do and I navigate And you become that? so reactionary when you don't have a plan in place. That's mm -hmm. where mistakes can happen. So yeah. 
I love this concept. And I, I think what's really powerful about this is you, like you said, this can be utilized for a very small company too. Um, and yeah, I think very much. we overlook those things because we're like, well, we just have a couple of employees, but it's just as important. And, and I love that. I know that you, you help people a lot with utilizing their voice and, you know, we, um, take care of a lot of service providers, um, and people that are in the service industry, you know, they particularly, they're very in touch with, um, how things look and how, how it will make people feel when mm-hmm. they use their voice. So in times of crisis, whether it's something like the pandemic or a crisis in your own community, how do you help people navigate like when to use their voice? How else do they decipher that besides having a plan? Because people get a little bit worried about, can I say anything in the first place? Oh, sure. And it's a, it, it you know, listen, it's, I sort of believe that when you when it, when there's something going on and and you feel compelled either as a company or as a person to sort of speak out or 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 you know put your voice to it I think what I sort of the 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 immediate sort of tangible example I can give you is you know even in early days of covid I'm talking March April New York City everybody's shutting down mm-hmm. um you know, one of the things that my team and I were thinking about is like, wait, we need to help. We need to, cause in, you know, everybody was wanting to help. Right. And so your right. point of like putting your voice to it, I was like, how do we do that? How do we, how do we reach out and do the things that we know we know how to do? And, you know, I overheard myself talking to one of the clients where, you know, they were saying, yeah, well, we're going to offer, you know, testing, or I don't know, even all the things they were just saying, it was just sounded like all of a sudden they were becoming like a healthcare provider. And I just, and they were a sports team. And I'm literally like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, pause. <laughs> yeah. It's not that you can't help. And it's not that you can't use your platform to sort of spread information and do good things and help people, but like stay true to who you are. Mm. And again, going back to sort of like, how do you share your, how do you use the moment to share how you enter the space, whether it's as a person or as a business? And so for us, you know, I was like, wait a minute. We do crisis communication. That's what we can, we can offer pro bono help to like small businesses and restaurants in New York. And we know how to do that. We don't have to like overthink it. We don't need to create something that it's not. It's, you know, a 30, 45 minute session. We can talk to them. We can give them tools. We can help with government relations as well. Like how do we do what we do well in this big sort of global moment that's happening. And so I think that when you decide to use your voice, regardless of what kind of crisis you're talking about, I think you have to stick to what you do mm. or who you are and not try to sort of fit into, oh, I need to become a healthcare provider and I'm a sports team. Right. <laughs> well, I have two questions, but I'm going to do the first one. We'll see what, we'll see what, where we go on the second one. <laughs> so in, in the midst of any of these, of these crises, obviously we should have a plan. And communication is key. Tell us what, as far as communication is concerned, what not to do. What are some of the pitfalls that you've seen people do where they've just, I mean, they've taken a bad situation and made it worse. Ready. (laughs) Ready. (laughs) It is everyone rushes and everyone wants to speak quickly. Mm. And so and it's a catch 22. I do want to like acknowledge, like sometimes it does feel like there's a ticking clock and you're like, we have got to get a statement out. We've got to get a statement out. We've got to get a statement out. And that I, that's it. That's a, like, a you know, the quintessential rock in a hard place, but you know, 
a lot of what we do is help people sort of hold their nerve um, while we're getting, gathering all the data, getting all the ducks in the row. If it's a bigger company, you know, do we have the directors of each department? So I, so we can like, everyone can fire off what they're doing to fix it or what they're not doing. Um, you know, the quick rush, because it makes you feel a little better, makes it feel like you're taking action, mm -hmm. can sometimes come back to bite you. Um, you know, I've had people who were, um, you know, at one point, in the middle of a crisis, I have to be a little cautious on how much I share, but like, <laughs> Hey, I was like, I was about to stay a little, probably more than I should have. Um, they, which is one of the things you have to pay attention to in a crisis. Right. Um, so is they, you know, there was a really bad couple of news stories around a certain crisis that was very high profile in New York city. And, you know, there was uh, naturally a wonderful, funny New York Post reporter who went and did some digging around and saw something that wrote and even made it made it look even worse than it was. Right. right. And Amplified it. Was, it. Yay. Yeah. And it was also, you know, they were sort of fishing. It wasn't really <laughs> great. It wasn't great on our part. It wasn't great on their part, but it wasn't like at the end of the world. And, and so, you know, everybody that was in charge was like, we are pushing back. We mm. get our attorneys on like, and I'm just like, this is a mistake. Like this, this story is happening, whether we do it or not, Right. it's going to be on page three or four. And if we do this, it will go to the front page mm -hmm. of the New York post. I promise you. Uh. And they're like, no, no, no. And so, and you know, we're sitting there and it just, the call starts unraveling. Everyone's looking at me like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, there's nothing to do now. Mm -hmm. You poked the bear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And, and we're wrong. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were wrong in the beginning and we're wrong now. So like, that's part of the, so just, it's this rush to take action sometimes. And sometimes, sometimes a no comment or sometimes not doing is, is a statement, you know? And I think that that's the thing where it really is a difficult thing. It is very unique. Everything needs to be taken. It, it's, it, there's no one size fits all mm. for how to respond or what to do. And I think that a lot of times people want it that way because it feels better, but it's just not. I know you have another question, but I, what, what I hear you saying too, is it's just like the fundamentals of communication in general, taking pause, right? They talk about that when you're in, in relationship with somebody else, when you're angry or emotional, or you feel like you need to say something or do something, just taking that moment of pause can actually be so powerful in how you're using your voice. And, and I love that because I hear you saying like, wait a minute, let's just take a minute. Let's find out what everybody's role is. What is everybody going to say? Like, let's have a clear plan. Let's just take a moment. And that could be that could be the make or break for whether that goes over well or it doesn't. So that's a very powerful tip. Oh, yeah. Anthony Hayes is his name. Clearly established now. He knows what he's talking about. Yep. He's been around. He's, he's worked in um, some high-pressure situations and helped to navigate some very high-pressure situations. But here's the conversation that I think is critical to have today. LGBTQ, you make no bones about it. Very clear that your firm is owned and operated um, by LGBTQ community, yourself, your staff, everybody um, in, the, in the firm. This is super important because here's what happens. Whether it's LGBTQ or whatever your personal stance is, mm -hmm. your, your, your position, a lot of times people have a position and they're afraid. 
They don't they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to share because yeah. they're like, look, they don't want to exclude. They don't want to be. Yeah, yeah like, like I'm yeah. A, I, I provide I'm a marketer. Why would I share this? Because if I share that. Oh, and so this is like an interesting bend on kind of crisis management. Like it's almost like this, like self-made crisis between our ears. Yeah, um, <laughs> most us. of them are. Yeah. Yes. That's true. <laughs> so tell us about that for you. How? Why? Why take that stand? How has it worked? How is? How have you communicated and navigated it? And how have you created that into an opportunity? Yeah. So I mean, I got really. It's. I guess it's just sort of pretty simple, you know. As as a gay man in America, you know, I've had to sort of navigate a whole host of things. And at forty five, I have you know, come of age when, you know, we were still kicking people out of the military, you know, people couldn't get married, people couldn't adopt, people couldn't go to hospital rooms, you know, there's a whole host of things then, you know, and even though with all of the visibility for the LGBTQ community, you know, we still don't have full equality under the law. So my work as a professional got started really being an advocate um, for myself and my community, whether that was on the Hill in Washington or, um, you know, in New York where we worked on marriage equality, but I, you know, it's just sort of who I am. And so I think that it does having to communicate and, you know, go and fight for your rights. You really do sort of learn how to communicate not only with people who agree with you, but a people who disagree with you. So, you know, I had many meetings where, you know, I was with meeting with certain people who, weren't really for marriage equality or didn't want to repeal don't ask, don't tell or whatever the, whatever it was. And they very much, you know, made it very clear they didn't want to do it. And, you know, those conversations were sometimes the most interesting and most challenging. And so it really, you sort of begin to articulate what you care about very well when you're having to do it in a very quick setting and, it, and, it, and there's such a heavy consequence to it. Um, and so, you know, even some of the more friendly conversations where there are people who were for marriage equality or wanted to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell or any of the things, you know, they would always, you know, those always felt a little trickier um, just because they're like, oh, we support this, just not this year. And I'm like, well, so do you support it if it's not this year? Because then I'm, I'm so, you know, you just, that, so I guess for me, you know, it's just who I am. It's really where I learned to become, you know, that's how I became a grown-up professional. It's how I got into communications and advocacy and government and communications. Um, and so I think sort of it does provide a unique perspective. And I do think it has provided a unique tool um, to me, to my team, just because we have had to communicate in difficult ways. And you really do get very clear on what you believe and how you want to communicate it and do it in a way for multiple audiences, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know that folks should run away from what they believe. You know, I think some people, you know, I think there's certain <laughs> there's certain people who believe certain things that just are wrong. Like we shouldn't, <laughs> we should be, we shouldn't be blatant racist, homophobes, misogynists, like all of those things, right? Like so maybe not, they should run from that. Maybe right? run from that. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not condoning that, but I think sort of the, you know. I, I listen, I love one example is I love beyond that we are finally seeming to prioritize mental health. Um, I think that that's a really positive thing. However, you know, on the other side of that, I also think that there's been a little bit of 
so much emphasis put on, well, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling stressed. I'm really feeling stressed. And it's like, some stress is good. So like, how do we take this like great mental health moment that we're having and also sort of talk about like some negative feelings aren't bad. They're necessary. And so how yeah. do you manage them without sort of like, I need to have four weeks off. And so like, that's where I just sort of struggle with like, but you know, that's a hard, having those conversations are hard because you know, no one wants to be like, oh, so you can't handle your work and you need a day off. Like mm-hmm. if somebody needs a day off, take the day off. But like, I think what I'm talking about is, is, you know, when we're correcting so much inequity, things that we really haven't prioritized properly, you know, the pendulum swings a little far. And so to mm-hmm. me, I sort of feel like we've, we've swung very far on, on certainly in this mental health place where I think we're getting to a place where I don't want people, especially really young people entering the workforce. I don't want them to feel like stress or being overwhelmed at work is you don't want to live in that. You don't want to have it be toxic. I'm not talking about putting up with a toxic work environment or any of that stuff. I'm not saying that is not what I'm saying, but I am saying some of the stress at work is just stress. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how do, what's the, so then, so then since we all know that, and as humans, we have to deal with that, how do we do that? Right. And how do we talk about it in a way that doesn't make people feel like ashamed of saying, yeah, I'm really stressed. Oh man, I am too, this project, it's killing me. And like, you know, whatever it is. But so to the point of like putting it out there, it is hard to put stuff out there, especially if, you know, it feels a little contrary to what are some welcomed conversations? You know what I mean? So, so what what advice would you have for somebody who's inspired because you uh, are able to put out there, mm-hmm. but then have that fear? Like, I mean, again, there has to be a right way and a wrong way. There's probably ways to not do it where it ends up not being true to your beliefs or not yeah. being true to yourself. So how if if somebody's like, yeah, regardless of what the positioning is, they want to they want to share with their with the world that they they hold this position any advice on how they can begin to put that out to their world? Yeah. Listen, that's the, you know, that's the, certainly the, the billion trillion dollar question. It's, it's, you're not going to please everybody. And so I think the one thing I would sort of say is, is understand like, it's okay if people disagree with you and it doesn't mean that, you know, you know, obviously no one wants to go through sort of feeling over attacked or, you know, whatever the word canceled, however we're phrasing, you know, mm-hmm. that is. And I think that does that fear of being able to speak up regardless of what you believe, you know, no one should really have it to that degree. I think that's a shame about where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real, it just is, it just sort of is one of those things where you do your best to present it. I think, my advice to everybody is to present, you know, present it in a way that isn't about someone else. Um, that's not about judging someone else. It's not about just sort of, and if you're genuinely confused about it, or you're like, gosh, but doesn't that mean, you know, some stress is good at work? You know, are we really saying that no one should ever feel stressed out? Because if that's the case, then I am a mental case. <laughs> right. um, but like, but, but I think that that's, I, I think that's my advice is like, sometimes we get so into proving someone else wrong that we aren't articulating really what we believe because we're just so about 
being the counterpoint. And I think it's an, an unfortunate part of just where we are in the communication world and media and everything. And it's, it's tough, you know, in the Twitter's Twitter universe, everybody wants to, yeah. I, you know, I would tell everybody to get off Twitter, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say too. Like, I mean, comments, like negative comments, yeah. like somebody gets a negative comment for a lot of people, like that really hurts them. It, it is. They, it, yeah. They're very damaged by it. And, but that, yeah. that's part of putting yourself out there. And I think that that's the hardest thing is like, you know, because what I keep hearing you say, whether you're a business and you have a stance or you're an individual and you have a stance, like you really have to be clear on what that is. And it has to be authentic to you yeah. in order for your voice to come across correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but then people go out there and they use their voice and then they have a bad comment and then they second guess themselves. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's like finding the strength first, I think, is so vitally important. Right. I, like, I've had to walk into buildings where there's protesters calling me an abomination and then I'm going right. to hell. Like, yeah. so I have a high threshold for it. Sure. So, sure. You know, the comments that people make on it's, I, I'm not saying that it's going to be without negative comments. People, people are, you're going to have a percentage of people in the world that we live in who comment negatively on what you're doing, you know, but if you feel as a, as a company, as a person that you want to speak out, Mm -hmm. then you have to be ready for that and be honest that it's going to come because, and if you're not ready and you're going to buckle and try to speak to that small percentage of people who disagree with you, like if you're going to try to convince them, no. then that's not, that's not your, your crowd, right? That's not right. your audience. Right. And there's probably a much larger, what, like I'm making it up 70%, 60% who do agree with you on your stance, whatever that might be. And so, I think we get so involved in worrying about those people who just are never going to be with you. Yeah. So is, is that a crisis? So <laughs> do, do people call you and say, Anthony, yeah. I, I told people my position on X, Y, Z, and then people pushback. commented negatively and I lost two clients. Is, is that a crisis? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Right. So I had, there's a CEO, um, obviously who will remain nameless, but, <laughs> would call me on like a Saturday at, you know, 6, 7 a.m. Hey, Twitter's blowing up. I'm like, what happened? What did, what did everyone do? What happened? <laughs> and he's like, I just, you know, they, they can't, they can't, blah, blah, blah. They just keep, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I'm like, well, forward it to me. And we get forwarded again on a weekend and it would be a person <laughs> with like five followers and, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what to say to you. This is not a, you need Crisis to get out averted. <laughs> yeah. This is why like, if you're going to obsessively look mm. and like when you're not going to be able yeah. to have perspective, if you're not going to have perspective, mm. that's bad. Yeah. Um, now losing a client or that's a risk. It right. just is the, it, if you feel like you're going to speak out about something and a client comes back and just says, that's not, you have to, you have to realize that just if people, for whatever reason, I mean, you have to sort of wonder if you are putting something out and clients are departing, you know, what are you putting out? Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that's the one thing I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is too, is, you know, if you run a client-based business, Lord knows we do, um, you know, why wouldn't you maybe give them a buzz? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and yeah, see so what that, happens. So if you're in sort of like a retainer-based, project-based business where you have several clients and you feel like, man, I really want to speak out on this issue, um, but I don't want to damage my clients in any way um, or, or have them feel or perceive to be damaged, um, you know, you can call them and talk to them and say, hey, listen, as a company, my employees, myself, we want to put this out. You know, obviously, you know, you you hire us. We want to make sure that we're not somehow inadvertently causing you, our client stress. Mm -hmm. You have to make a decision. Yep. Um, and, and frankly, sometimes if you put something out that you and your company stands behind and, and believes in and you lose a client, maybe they weren't a right fit for you in the first place. We're not meant to serve everybody. Nope. And sometimes you go out there and you say what you believe and you'll find 10 other clients that say, yeah. I want to work with you because of what you said. And so, yeah, you're right. It is a risk. And sometimes it just allows you to see kind of who you're really meant to serve as well. Who's yeah, the right well, and that's sort of how I feel about, you know, being very upfront about LGBTQ owned and operated. You know, if you right. don't like it, then don't come here. Right. Um, and no, no harm, no foul. I mean, you right. don't have to hire me. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> this is who we are. This is why we are who we are. And, you know, then don't hire us. Exactly. Um, so. I love it. Last thing, tell me about PR tips from a pro.com. That's where you can find a little bit about this. Let me, let me tell you why. And I love this, Anthony. I mean, I, I could just do it every week. We could have a conversation because I think that um, this stuff, your, your knowledge base is what everybody's looking for in, the, in a world where um, there's a lot of quote marketers, mm -hmm. but we're talking here about controlling a conversation mm -hmm. and representing ourselves as our true authentic selves through this controlled conversation that will basically filter out, like keep out the ones that shouldn't be there and allow in the ones that should. Um, and man, I think that most people, they really want to yeah. get you know, more press. They want to get their message out. They want more public relations. They want all of the things. And they that, need guidance on how to do it. But they also <laughs> think that, well, I'm not running for governor or president. Right. So tell me about PR tips from a pro.com. Yeah. So basically when we were going through COVID, we realized again, how many people to your point wanted some advice um, that wasn't maybe necessarily sort of bringing on a 12 month retainer PR firm, uh, whether that's to create a strategic communication plan or crisis, or, you know, you're launching a new initiative and need government relations. So we, we sort of created and had the concept of, you know, when you might need to go and have sort of a quick check in with somebody about like, hey, is this something where I should hire a firm versus not hire a firm? Um, and really just sort of make ourselves available so that regardless of the size of company that you are, um, you know, we, we can have sort of short consultations with people in a way that, you know, we can create it in a cost effective way so that people can get it. Um, and then, you know, they may also decide at some point, gosh, this really is a much bigger thing. And then they, you know, that's when they sort of move over into the agency side and, and we represent them, however, depending on the project that they're looking for. Super cool. Yeah, that's super. cool. And again, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that they're like, this is what I need. This is what I've been looking for because we all experienced it over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Those moments. Yeah. Those moments where you're just like, how do I do this? 
What do I say? Where do I go? What if I had the right relationship with the right reporters? Maybe I could get my message out there. And so if this is something that you have been desiring or been thinking about, again, PR tips from a pro.com. I think they can follow you on Instagram. You have an Instagram, a, a gram count, PR tips from a pro and Hayes initiative also. Yeah. Is that, is that the firm? Hayes is that the firm? Is the firm? Is the yeah, Hayes that's the firm. Yeah. So I would say the best place for anybody listening to the podcast to like reach out or look really is LinkedIn for me, Anthony Hayes Perfect. on LinkedIn. I really, I get tons of outreach from different, different folks at different times. LinkedIn is really the primary spot where I go. Um, and where a lot of people I've, I've really found that certainly it's been shifting into this anyway, but certainly in the pandemic, I've really seen a change over the last two years and how people are using that platform. And Love it's it. been really beneficial for us to like touch base with people and for people to reach out. So that's always the best way to find me. So LinkedIn, not Twitter. We got LinkedIn, it. <laughs> We're staying away from Twitter. <laughs> I, I am. I've really stepped back. I love the platform. I love <laughs> LinkedIn. It is. We got it. It's that wonderful. Was great. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Anthony. Um, that Anthony, was that was fantastic. I mean, we. I, I don't think we've ever said this on a podcast, but we definitely should do this again. Yeah. You're, you're a, a delight and joy to, to talk with. And it was a lot of fun talking to you guys too. I'd love to, I'd love to get you some time if, if you're available, like in the middle of something that the world thinks is a crisis and, yeah. and talk about like right when it's not, not one that you're, busy. Yeah, not, not one that you're managing, <laughs> not, not one that you're managing, you're managing, tell us I'm on it, but like something that Anything? we're watching someone else do. Anything royals, I'm in. Like when Kate oh, Mary did the Oprah, I was I oh. get enough of that. <laughs> oh, that is Andrew. Like I'm, I'm in. Next check, we got that. We'll write next that down. time, we're gonna interrupt next, our regular next royal crisis. You're coming on, yeah. Yes, I love it because it's so good. Because they should never, ever, ever be in front of a camera. Right. right. That's very good. They should they should have like 46 U's too, like controlling them. the situation. They do is the problem. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw Charles did an interview about the uh environment and it was unbelievable because he's like, Well, my Aston Martin is charged by I'm just like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. There should be somebody going just shh. shh, shh. Like somebody needs to have a seizure and end this meeting. Like, it's, like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I oh, I got now. I gotta go watch it. Oh I have to go watch it. I will definitely send it to you guys because it was one of the most fascinating. I can't believe that someone thought it was a good idea. Yes, this is great. It was fabulous. So, if anybody wants to know what not to do, this is <laughs> to watch. Yeah, I love absolutely. it. Awesome. Well, good. Anthony, you absolutely crushed it. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. For everybody watching, make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform that you are enjoying the podcast on. Leave us a review if that's an option. Tell your friends about us. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast.